When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, no one ever thinks about the crew below the decks. They're drinking and they're partying and having lots of sex. They cook and clean and serve the rich with a smile all day. But when the richies leave the ship, the yachties get to play. yo ho Hey guys, welcome back to another Gangplank Report. We are discussing episode seven of Below Deck Mediterranean, which Bravo called For Tooth's Sake. And we've decided to call Mixed Signals for a plethora of reasons. And here is Jen for your rapid recap. Sandy took the dolphin hit much better than expected and Storm's job is safe for now. Natalia takes her teasing of Kyle a little too far and they get into a tiff. It's Dave, not Natasha, who steps in with concern about the guests overhearing the fight. Stabilizers go out for the second time. Swells force them into a night docking and Storm redeems himself. Kyle's pain increases and Sandy sends him to the hospital where they have to remove two teeth. Dave's false apple dessert looks divine. The guests depart and leave a $20,000 tip. Natasha not only has time to text, but now she has time to talk with Dave, but only to rub in that she's reconnecting with her ex. Storm and Natalia's date starts out on a high, but the night ends in confusion. And that's a rapid recap. Awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. This, I feel like, was a bit of a filler episode. Mm -hmm. You know, left us on the cliffhanger with a dolphin hit. Last week, yeah. As predicted... I think I said this on our last podcast. You did. You predicted it. That I thought that because Sandy was the one who made the decision to put Storm in that position, that she was not going to let him go down on this one. Yeah. Because she has to accept some responsibility for the fact if she comes after him for this flub, which turns out was not that bad, then it looks worse for her leadership style than anything else. Exactly. And she caught to it immediately. She said, I never went over this with you. So there wasn't even too much constructive criticism of him. It was just like, this is what happened. The boat's fine. We're moving forward. Almost like it was an operational issue, not a human issue. Exactly. There's been a lot of debate as to whether the radio had interference or if he was doing it improperly. They kind of made it seem like he wasn't doing it properly, but she was taking responsibility saying she didn't show him. But he's been using the radio the whole time. It left it a little vague, but regardless, she's not gonna do a one strike and you're out, which is kind of what I was concerned about. And your point was well made. She picked him. She's gonna cop some of the responsibilities so she doesn't have to say this was not a good pick. Right. Which makes sense to me on a practical level from her perspective you know what I mean like he also it was not like he didn't know what he was doing when he was talking to her as far as the communication that we heard 
he was giving her all the right information. She just couldn't hear it. Right. So it's not like the information that he was providing to her was as vague and useless as what Reagan was doing. Right. We did have a question on this from our super fan, Bob B. One of his questions was the same one I had asked you last week about, can you not stop or <laughs> go back forward in this situation? But his other question I didn't think to ask was she was docked parallel to the dock. Starboard side was against the dock. Is there a benefit to going stern first versus going bow first out when you have such a narrow space to maneuver? Yes. So it's possible that the fairway that she was pulling out into past the dolphins would have been dicier for her to try to spin around. Because it looks like there's a little bit of room for her to maneuver in between the seawall and the dolphins, but not as much as you actually think. And that's a larger margin for error. Okay. So backing out the way that she was means that all she would have had to do was back slightly into the fairway in order to go forward. Okay. If she had tried to spin the nose because you can't really see much of what's in front of the bow of the boat Mm -hmm. she could have hit something going that direction so that might have been her only option right i watched anchor watch on tuesday night and jason and josh and gregory the greg did have a picture that sandy had posted of the marina and it is a very narrow marina yeah They had a few super yachts at the end, but there's not a ton of room there. So that makes sense. Now that you're saying it, how much more she would have to pull out to swing. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think just for logistics, it's easier to back out Mm -hmm. and then pull forward, going forward out of the marina. All right. Very cool. Yeah. Well, there's your answer, Bob. We love you. It's a lot easier in most places in the Caribbean. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There was a moment where we had another callback to one of your predictions about Natasha being distracted from what was her ex and is now currently her boyfriend, apparently. Yeah, somebody pointed out on Twitter that the label changed from Natasha's ex to Natasha's boyfriend at some point during the episode. Right, yeah. So with that, you were saying that it might cause problems in the interior And we saw almost an instant meltdown and it could be a personality clash. Kyle was in pain because of his teeth, but Natalia was doing her normal ribbing of him and they have been giving it back and forth to each other since the beginning. But this episode, it was just too much for Kyle and they started fighting. And Natasha did come down during this and she turned around and walked out and went up the stairs and said, I'll talk to you guys when you've sorted this out and didn't try and mediate it. Whereas Dave stepped in and said, if you're going to do this, at least shut the door. The guests are up. So I do see what you were talking about, how it just takes a little bit of distraction to lose control of your team. Well, and I think It was obviously an over-traumatized situation because of the circumstances. I think Natalia was probably doing her normal, like you said, just perpetual ribbing because that's pretty commonplace for people from her part of the world. Right. It's one of your ways to show affection almost. Mm -hmm. And I think Kyle was just not in the right headspace to accept it is the problem. And Mm -hmm. a lot of what she was saying, it was targeted at his work ethic, which also I'm sure got under his skin. Yeah. It's one thing to make 
fun of somebody for something completely unrelated to the job that you're doing. But the fact that she's giving him so much crap when he's in that much pain, I think he took it a little bit too sensitively. I think she went a little bit too far. I think it was a combination of the both. But yeah, I mean, Natasha was entirely hands off with all of that. (laughs) And that's pretty disappointing. Yeah, (laughs) I was like, okay. It's easy to be a good leader when everything is good, right? Mm -hmm. That's not the hallmark of a good leader. It's how you deal with adversity that shows what kind of leadership style that you have. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she was so in her own head about how she was going to try to deliver this message of bad tidings to Dave. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Entirely predictable, despite the fact that there was not a lot of evidence prior to this, that that was going to be the case. It just makes sense to me. Right. Just like he's very singularly focused on what she's doing and how she's feeling and how he feels about all of that. She's the same, but in a different direction. Right. I agree. It was uncomfortable. They seem to get over it pretty quickly. One of the things I like about Natalia the most is her bluntness. She makes it very clear why she did what she did. And she said, we've only worked together for three charters. How am I supposed to know that this is how you react to this in a given situation? She just basically said, we don't know each other well enough. I'm not psychic. So I do like that about her. I think you can get over things more quickly with clear communication and the blunt style she has definitely helped that. And I think Kyle realized, yeah, I'm kind of being a little more of a baby than I should be. Well, unfortunately for him, as we see by the end of this episode, it was a quick fix. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't enjoyable because nobody likes to have their literal teeth pulled right but at least he seems like he's in a better mood when he comes back and Mm -hmm. ready to get back at it i mean i can sympathize because i've been there and i've been in that situation on a charter where i had tooth pain and it sucks anybody who's ever had it knows that it sucks yes and it's almost like having a migraine Mm -hmm. like it just takes over your head and you can't function yeah it's not isolated to your mouth it's your whole head hurts yeah 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 So kudos to him for trying to power through. I feel like, is it weird to you that it took so long for anybody to notify Sandy about this? Not really, because last episode, how he was acting with it, to me, seemed like there are some times when you have an aching tooth where all you need is to put cloves in your mouth. And I even said to John, why is nobody telling him to put cloves in his mouth? Because it numbs it right away. Then you have to taste cloves. Well, true. (laughs) But a lot of tooth issues don't go into infection. So I wasn't really surprised that it took a little bit. I'm glad she did what she did because apparently the infection was pretty massive and he did have to stay overnight at the hospital because he couldn't see the dentist till the next morning. And I'm sure they were giving him something in the meantime to combat the infection because if it was anything remotely like an abscess, Usually it has to clear up before they even do tooth work. So not knowing all the details, he did have to have two teeth removed. That's not easy. So I was surprised and happy he was back so quickly and so cheerful about it. I agree. I think part of what we start to see is a little kink in the armor with this entire deck team with Jason, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Your thoughts on that? I just think he feels excluded and I totally understand why. As an introvert myself, 
when you see people who already have a bond or who form one quickly and you don't have that, there is a little envy that comes into it. I can't justify it because I don't justify it in my own behavior, but I can understand where he's coming from, if that makes sense. I think there are things that he can do to conquer it, but it's also not in an introvert's nature to put yourself out there to do that. I could see how it would be a little uncomfortable to see two people like Z and Courtney who have worked together, who have their own kind of verbal shorthand or the same type of joke, same type of sense of humor, how you could feel removed from that, which seems to me what he's feeling. I just think he needs to get over it at the same time. So I can relate, but I also think it's going to be troublesome because he's turning it into kind of a cranky situation where it doesn't need to be like that. What do you think? I agree. I don't know that we're going to see him the whole season. My prediction here is that he's going to allow this to fester in a way that it's not intended and he's going to either choose to leave or be told to leave. Yeah. Because I think his ego will allow itself to get in his way. Well, and we saw a little bit in the previews, him telling Storm to F off was kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Unless we didn't see a big chunk of buildup and they just showed us the climax. You know what I mean? Because with editing, they can do that. But it seemed like a zero to 60 moment seeing it on the previews. So we'll see how it goes. I don't disagree with you. I think something is up there to where he's just not willing. And I kind of wondered that at the beginning when we were seeing the problems with Reagan and he was giving guff to Storm. I kind of wondered if this was coming and it looks like it is. Yeah. So the stabilizers thing happened again, and it is the air conditioning that seems to be causing this to shut down. This just seems like a really terrible advertisement for the manufacturer of this boat. Doesn't it? It (laughs) Yeah. Just like twice, and we're only on Charter 3. This is a little crazy. And it looked like one of the guests actually stumbled and fell, you know, in that bar area. Yeah. It looked like she did stumble and fall. They didn't show her fall to the ground, but we saw her fall out of frame from where she was walking. And Sandy was just like, we're going to have to pull up anchor if this isn't fixed in five minutes. She was really frustrated and I could understand why, but their solution now is to keep all of the doors shut. Yeah, she says that. She calls it out on the radio. And then you see her sitting in the pilot house going, this is really stressful. And the door's wide open right next to her. Right. Oh, can I ask you a question? This is silly, but it's been annoying me. So we're in a digital age, right? Is it normal for captains to have those giant chart maps out? Because it looks like she's constantly looking at those maps. Is that a normal thing or is that a for show thing? So all boats are required to have those. Oh, okay. In the event that the computerized version goes down for some reason. Gotcha. So you are required to have that, but I have to say from my own personal experience of dealing with captains in the pilot house that usually that's their fallback plan if for some reason the computer system is glitching. Most captains, and it's probably not as visually appealing for her to sit there and stare at a computer screen right? as it is for her to look like she's doing something on the paper maps. Right. 
I mean, you know what I did with my paper maps. They're all stuck on my bathroom wall now. Right. <laughs> and it looks very cool. It does. <laughs> I wallpapered one of my bathrooms with the paper charts. But yeah, I mean, they're a fallback plan and they're necessary to have on boats, especially charter boats. It's just something that has held over, even though we have really advanced computer systems. But her plotting a course on a computer screen is not nearly as fascinating to watch as her looking like she's mapping out a trip on a paper chart. Okay. And to be clear, the paper chart is a lot bigger than a computer mm -hmm. screen. Right. But oftentimes a lot easier to reference if you're looking from point A to point B in a big space. Yeah. It just seemed funny to me because my kids give me a raft of crap all of the time because I'm one of those people like in that insurance commercial who still prints out directions. And you still have an abacus? <laughs> no, I don't have an abacus, but I do have a calculator that's not in a computer. <laughs> but I have been in situations before we went to Hawking Valley and you're in a valley. And so there's not a lot of reception and we had never been at that point and we got lost and there was no signal for us to follow GPS and it made it very difficult. So ever since then, I print off paper maps. Can I save you some time and possibly some trees later? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There is a way that you can download a map offline so that it's available to you offline, even if you don't have cell phone reception. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm old. <laughs> I'll, I'll teach you later. Okay. But yeah, so they still give me crap about it. So I guess it was me projecting <laughs> and giving oh, yeah, crap because about Who it. wants to deal with, like, who goes to AAA anymore and gets paper maps? Yeah. Yeah, that you have to try to refold like an origami dove. Like it's just not. <laughs> See, and that's so funny you said that because my first travel agent job was with AAA. And when I wasn't busy in the travel agency part, I would help make those triptychs or get those folded maps. So maps are normal to me. But it still seemed odd to see her referring to giant paper maps. But that makes sense that they need backup. It's a backup. Yeah. Okay. Very good. It's just more interesting to watch on camera than mm -hmm. her plotting points on a computer screen. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. I do want to give kudos to Courtney mm -hmm. for this episode because I think she crushed it inside yeah. and outside. Yeah. You know, she just jumped in wherever needed. And that's huge on a boat when especially you have team deficiency in one department or another. She was worried about showing Sandy that she could be a good deckhand. She was worried about showing her team that she was a team player because she's walking into this, not quite at the beginning of the season, you know, a little bit into it, mm -hmm. but I think she's proved herself to be an awesome team player. And I hope she keeps that up. Yeah. And her jumping onto the jet ski and those swells, I thought was pretty impressive. None of the guys volunteered to go and do that. And she had the bad experience of a crane to the face still fresh in her memory. And she still volunteered to do it. Yeah, I'm so glad she's back. Her energy just feels good to me and keeps things up. But the swells did force them to go back to dock. Were you worried about the night docking? I mean, no, because we didn't see any previews of anybody slamming into anything during the night docking. So yeah. Well, I didn't know if that's because they wanted to surprise us with it. Like, we think there's only going to be... That's not the Bravo way. Yeah, that's true. But Storm did a great job. They did a great job with the night docking. We still haven't seen anything that goes down the side. So I'm thinking there's got to be a third hit this season. Yeah. 
we shall see. But the tip again, 20,000 was a good tip last season. Natasha didn't seem super thrilled with it. She said it, uh, it was about the same as the last. And I do think that Billy's tip kind of set too high of a bar of expectation for them. But I don't think it was a bad tip. Yeah, we do see a little bit of an issue with Storm and Natalia after their cute little dinner together. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. It was weird. It seemed to come out of nowhere to me because it looked so cute. They were talking about how big the table was. He's reaching his hand across so they can hold hands while they're talking. It seemed very cute and lovely. And then all of a sudden it flipped on a dime at the club. Did it make sense to you at all? Because I'm lost. Nope. Yeah, same. It's confusing. I'm a little bit concerned about these two interior girls and their relationship situations. Yeah. I mean, a lot concerned. Yeah. I don't want to see anything bad happen with Storm and Natalia. I was kind of rooting for that. Well, then the weird thing. Okay. So she gets on him for talking to Z about work stuff when they're in their off time. But Z is his buddy from childhood. He can talk to dude about whatever he wants. I don't like what I'm seeing with any partner wanting to dictate to another partner how you behave once we become a couple. Yeah. You accept people as they are. And if he wants to talk to his buddy at drinks because he hasn't really gotten a chance to talk to him and get his opinion, which I'm sure he values at this point more than hers let him but when they go back to the boat and he's kind of all confused in the crew mess did you see her walk past and go to the guest bedroom so like is she expecting him to follow her because she doesn't room with him it's not like she's trying to escape from him she rooms with courtney so was she thinking it was going to lead into something You're asking me to (laughs) get inside the head of somebody who you only know from seven episodes. You're asking me to try to understand crazy and I don't understand crazy. I don't speak crazy. Yeah. I was so lost because I was with Storm thinking, okay, what did I do? Somehow the night is botched. And then she kind of gives him a little eyebrow raise as she's walking by, but he's not looking at her and she's in the guest, but it just all confused me. And that's part of the mixed signals title. The clarity is gone. Yeah. (laughs) The clarity is gone with them. It was gone when they were leaving doc. It is gone between Natasha and Dave completely. I'm so over Natasha at this point. I said it last week. There's no reason for her to talk to him about the ex situation. And then when I heard her do it, I got super honked off. Where were you at? Well, especially since it's a budding re-relationship, right? So if that doesn't pan out, then she's just shot herself in the foot. I mean, there's a level to which I feel like you owe honesty to the people around you, especially if it's affecting your mood. But in this particular situation, I would say that discretion is best until there's really something to talk about. It's almost like she's trying to push him further away and to confuse him and to make his job harder because he has to deal with her every day. And that I don't agree. Like he was doing his own gig. Those apples were cool as heck. The false apple. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was so cool. He put out a ton of good food and it's like, he's doing all of those things. She can't be bothered to text him back when he's having issues 
but she can text her ex while she's on charter and get back together with him and then find the time to talk to Dave and rub it in like, yeah, I'm back with my ex. We get along really well. He makes me laugh better than anyone. And it just seemed like a salt in the wound moment that wasn't necessary on any level. I agree. I think it was just unnecessary, especially given the time frame. And I feel like waiting maybe another charter to have that conversation would have mm-hmm. allowed this situation to simmer down a little bit. Yeah. As opposed to what she's doing, which is just stoking the fire for him. Yeah, this is all so rapid fire. If we're talking in real time, she's doing this all in a couple of days. For us, it's over a few weeks of episodes, but this is literally a couple of days. And he rightfully so was just like, you don't know what you want. <laughs> you know? And I agree with him. I was so close to wanting to propose making her walk the plank this week. But there were a couple moments where he was doing some odd lurking or deep stares. I'm holding off on making Natasha walk the plank because I'm not sure if he's done something that makes her feel like she's using this as a way to make him stop. Like if he's puppy dogging her still and we're just not seeing it, that was the only reason I could come up with. And there was an odd moment where he was kind of standing in the door of his cabin, just staring out. That seemed very odd to me. It was again after a night of drinking. So I don't want to make her walk the plank yet, but she's really close. I'm setting the plank up. (laughs) If she keeps this up. (laughs) Getting the rigging ready. I am. How are you with her? Have you shifted at all in whose side you're on? Nope. Nope. Okay. No, like you said, I'm not fully team Dave because Mm -hmm. I've seen him do a couple things that are questionable, but I really can't get behind her behavior. Yeah, no, me either. I don't know. She's very frustrating to watch. And I was counting on Storm and Natalia to give us the romance we needed. And that's all confused now. So we will have to see what happens next week. I agree. I wanted to give Bobby a shout out for the very entertaining face swaps (laughs) on Twitter by the way. Okay. (laughs) I didn't get it at first because I knew face swap was a thing, but I'm not really in that scene very much. And I didn't understand at first. And then he and Roy started going back and forth and he started doing more. And then I caught on. So my dumb blonde missed the initial hilarity of it, but I finally caught up. And yes, you are right. Thank you, Bob B, for entertaining the crap out of me after I understood what was going on. (laughs) (laughs) That's about it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to catch our super fan this week, and we will see you then. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott, performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties.